prepare, respond, serve. This is Five Stone. The contents of this podcast are the personal opinions and views of Five Stone and our affiliates. This is not a recommendation for medical practice or a guide for decision-making or even to take place for your own personal judgment. We recommend that you always seek out in-person professional training and always follow your established policies and procedures. Now, with that said, let's get after it. Whether you're a cop, fireman, paramedic, EMT, whatever, we all carry a toolbox. We all have a toolbox, right? That's right. Whether it's, if you're a paramedic or EMT, it's everything in your ambulance, everything in your med kit. If you're an officer, it's everything in your duty belt. Fireman, it's everything on, on, on them compartments on that engine or ladder, right? You're trying to teach you everything in your classroom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So listen, you got to know how to use everything in your toolbox. Because when it comes time to, to use an item in your toolbox, the, the best time to learn it is not when a life is on the line. Like when you need to use it, that's not the time Try to, to figure learn out how, how to use, use it. it. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. So that's, that's what I want to talk about today. All right. So our motto is, you know, prepare, respond, and serve. Right. And you can't respond or serve appropriately anyway if you're not prepared. That's right. And, and I don't mean you can be prepared physically, you know, like <clears throat> you can be in shape. You can have all the items that you would need. But you got to know how to use them mentally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Strategically. Yeah, mentally. You got to yeah. know when to use them and how to use them. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, several instances, and it's not just one. It's been several that I've seen in, in my career where uh, I've heard paramedics say that they are not going to use a certain medication or a certain item on their ambulance because they don't know anything about it. <laughs> how ridiculous is that? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's crazy. What if a, what if you would well, see don't, a doctor? Don't, me- don't mention any specific locations I'm or not anything. Going to. But give us a. I, I've got examples over my career, but yeah. give us some. So, just like I said, um, there are some medications that in our med kit yeah. that's not used very often, but sometimes they're needed. Right. You know, and I have heard leaders at these organizations say, "Well, I ain't gonna touch that stuff. I don't know nothing about it." So what, here's a, what the heck? what's, this sounds crazy, <laughs> yeah. but how about you learn it? Do some research. Let's think way outside the box yeah, here. Yeah, it sounds completely insane. Yeah, let's learn what you're doing. But maybe learn your job. Yeah, that's, you know. Be a good start. It would be a real good start. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I was going to say, what if you went to the doctor about an issue you were having? Yeah. And then I was like, eh. We could use this, but I don't know about it. So you know, we're, <laughs> we'll just go this yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's insane, right. and it's it's okay to not know everything. But once you realize that weakness, it's your duty Absolutely. and your responsibility to figure it out. You the, don't just intentionally not know something yeah. that you're responsible to know. The moment yeah. that comment came out of that person's mouth, yeah. like I don't, I'm not going to use it because I don't know about it. He should have immediately, like, oh man, that's yeah. Well, I guess I need to learn that that product yeah. or that item, that drug, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, just like we was talking a minute ago, how many police officers are carrying um, a tourniquet on their duty belt that maybe nobody's ever shown them how to use it? Right. Or you they know, did. They, it was a long time ago. And they need yeah, a refresher. Exactly. Don't. Under stress. You know, oh, yeah. you it, it's yeah. hard to figure something out. Right. Um, 
you know, just like uh, those high acuity or like high the critical things that we we rarely use. Right. Uh, for instance, um, RSI, right. you know, rapid sequence innovation. Right. Um, that's where we paralyze a patient, sedate them, paralyze them, and secure their airway. Right, and that's the whole purpose of that is to get an airway secure. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, very um, basic, you know, pathophysiology. You know where a disease process is going. Right. You know, you know if somebody's got an obvious head injury where they're going right you know yeah. they're like oh this pretty evident they got a head bleed right they're going to be unconscious and and right. projectile vomiting within the next then, 20 30 minutes, aspirate you know? that into the yeah, lungs exactly so what do you do you stay ahead of the eight ball yeah. you put them down and yeah. you, you secure that airway before it ever gets that bad right right so but you don't get to use that uh skill that frequently right um so i will admit that every time i do it it's it can be stressful. Yeah. Luckily, I've had you know good teachers show uh, shortcuts. You know how to f- calculate drug dosages on the fly right. in stressful situations. Um, but in our toolbox at work, you know we've got several medications that we can kind of choose from, pick and choose from, and some are preferred over others. Yeah. Uh, but one of them uh, is in powder form. You have to reconstitute it. Though you know throw some saline right. in that bottle. And it, you know, a close friend of mine experienced this on his first RSI, you know, um, and it kind of, he struggled with it, you know, because he strives to be uh, the best, like, (laughs) and he's a really good paramedic, super good. He's a new critical care medic, but he's very, very good at it. Um, But first RSI, he didn't know that 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 paralytic was in powder form. So he learned a pretty hard lesson, oh, yeah. but I guarantee you he'll never. Right. And we've both been there. We've shared this on previous podcasts, you know, yep. you show up on the scene like you had that one that with uh, the baby pediatric. Yeah. And you're just like, I was yep. never unprepared for that we've again. All, we've all been there. Yeah. I had it with the, my first RSI on the, yep. that wreck. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to draw up medicine, shaking so bad I yep. can't do it. And I was like, I got to figure out these dosages. I was never that way again. Yeah. You know? And and <clears throat> basically I'm not, I'm not like trying to preach or put anybody down. Be, I'm trying to basically help you mm-hmm. to prevent you from being in that same yeah, boat. Being in yeah. those uh, scenarios that we have experienced. Because it's, we struggle and we suffer through that, but the patient or whoever we're responding for, and that's why I brought up, you said, you said firemen, EMS, law mm-hmm. enforcement, but teachers. Mm-hmm. So important because, you know, it's one thing that we try to bring across is being prepared for active aggressor and active shooter situations yep. in schools is what's in your toolbox for that situation mm. bus driver what's yeah. in your first aid kit yeah in case there was a wreck you've got well, how many kids fit on a school bus i don't even know 60 or something you know i'm saying how many are you prepared to take care of a mass casualty if you're that person yeah like no yeah i don't i don't know if i mentioned the run on this podcast before but um in louisville we had a head-on collision that me and my partner rolled up on and both cars caught on fire and fire department was knocked out, but you know the closest station was like three or four miles away. Yeah, and I had to learn how to you know. I wouldn't say I didn't didn't know how to use a fire extinguisher, but under stress, yeah, you know, f- trying to figure out how to unlatch that fire extinguisher in that ambulance, yeah, and then you know getting to the fire and doing doing what you got to do, yeah. Like one of my, I had to use two fire extinguishers on this run. One of them was zip tied in the ambulance. Jeez. 
you know, they're supposed to be secure, you know, by law. Well, they were secure. But they have like, you know, those ratchet systems that you, right, you know, yeah, you just flip the buckle yeah, and yeah, get it out. Yeah. Exactly. Well, evidently it broke. What they do? They wrapped a couple zip ties around it, secured to the. Oh my God. So yeah, under stress, somebody trapped in a car with a car on fire. I run to get my second fire extinguisher, and it was zip tied in. I'm like, oh my God, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you know what? You, you got to know your unit. Yeah, that's you know, true. you got to know yeah. the truck that you're in. Yeah. You know, is one of your fire extinguishers zip tied? You yeah. know, it's. I guess it's okay to be, but know how to access that right. before you absolutely need it. Yeah. Yeah, when you do something under stress, it's always worse. And if yeah. you don't practice under stress and put yourself in those situations intentionally, you're never going to know how you're going to respond. Yeah. Just like shooting. You know what I'm saying? You go out to the range, and you can sit there and shoot. You can just pull up, get a good isosceles triangle, and just squeeze off every single round, hit that bullseye every single time. In a gunfight, you're not going to shoot that way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You've yeah. got to put yourself under stress. So we we teach people, and we put them through sprints and runs yeah. and obstacles and all this stuff to induce the stress and then try to yeah. make them function. Same way with the edge weapons training. We'll do the same thing that way. Yeah. Or clearing malfunctions yeah. in a weapon. I can teach you to do some techniques and learn how to defend against a knife, and you can be like, okay, I got this. But then as soon as you get under stress and you've got nothing <laughs> but gross motor skills left, yeah. Yeah. are you going to be able to do it? Exactly. So you may have it in your toolbox, but if you don't practice – under stress, how to use those things in your toolbox, yeah. you're worthless. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's yeah. just the truth of it. Yeah. And I remember we had a we had a couple instances in some hospitals where I've worked at and it was it was so bad. <laughs> oh man, it was so bad. We had a lady come in, she was um in an arrhythmia, which is uh, uh for those listening that's not medical, just she's having some uh different heart rhythms going on. And there's a certain way you can treat these rhythms. And she was in one that we could have shocked her, and what we call, you know, a synchronized cardioversion, where you get, you dial the the dial the voltage down, you give her just a little bit of juice, and it kind of resets the heart. But with that, there's a certain whole system you go through, and you get everything timed up with the with the monitor, and you give them some medicine to kind of relax them. You do this thing the right way, yep. and <clears throat> we had a doctor and nurse that was not prepared for this at all, and this lady came in in this rhythm. Totally alert, oriented, talking with us. And I was like, hey, here's what we got. I hear the doctor come in and go, yep, shocker, walks out the door. I don't know if that doctor meant do the, the, yeah. this way. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I hear the mon- the defibrillator just charging up, you know, just boop. And I'm like, what is going on? Come around the corner, boom, full juice. God. No medication, nothing to sedate, nothing. And I'm like, what is going on? And yeah, and it's like it didn't work. Do it again, and I just no. You I just it wrong. get out. <laughs> I kicked everybody out of the room, you know. And I've had doctors, legit doctors, look at me and go, "In the middle of traumas, what do I do?" Yeah. And what are you talking about? What do I do? Well, how about you assess the person first? Let's start here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've had doctors who sit there and who know better and who are trained. To, uh, a little lead come off the chest. You know, and it looks like they're in what we call a systole, or for the TV people, yeah. just a flat line. Yeah. You don't shock that. And it's like, oh, hey, they're in a systole flat line. Let's shock it. And meanwhile, the person's talking. It's like, hey, what's for supper? You know, it's like, <laughs> they're dead. Shock them. It's like, you know, oh my gosh, they're not dead. They're talking, and you don't shock that rhythm. So yeah, let's just let's just stop. And then all of a sudden, you hear that monitor. Yeah, that's a whole other lesson. Treat your patient, not your monitor. Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh. So it's when people get under stress. Yeah. You know, what's in your toolbox? What's in your crash cart? Yeah, you got all this medicine, but when you're stressed out, can you use yeah. it? So yeah. a, another crazy doctor story. 
Yeah. It was kind of one of those rent a docks mm-hmm. in, in a you know fairly busy ER. Yeah. And uh, a, a dude come in with a pneumo, so he had a collapsed lung. Yeah. So what do you do? Chest tube, right? So the doctor that's going in, he goes in the room with him in the ER room, pulls up YouTube. No. I swear. No. I swear. No. I've got witnesses that can attest to this. Pulls up YouTube. Luckily, the nurses that were working there are smart and good at their job. They're like, hold up. You know, let's get somebody else down here. Stopped him. <laughs> but yeah, he had to pull up YouTube to learn it, to know how to put in a chest tube. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That was not even in his toolbox then. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, YouTube's in his, yeah. in his toolbox. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's scary. So, yeah, I mean, it, it happens to EMTs all the way up to doctors. Yeah. You know, it just, you know, no matter your title, you can be unprepared. Yep. You know, just because, well, you know, it's easy to say, well, I've got my paramedic license, so time to stop time to stop learning. You know, I can just coast from here. Yeah. And that's the worst thing you can yeah. do. You can never stop learning everything that's out there. I mean, you, you think that you've good. got it figured out. I've worked with people like that. Yep. They just got this complex of like, well, I got this title, so I'm good. And that's the scariest people you yep. could ever work with. So one of yeah. our uh, one of our employees now, and I, man, I, I praise him all the time because of this. Um, and we were they were in the middle of critical care class. Uh, we just graduated a bunch, um, like in March or April, something like that. Yeah. And um, every day on shift. You would find him out in a bay, in a chair with a vent, with a transport vent, and and a set of practice lungs. All he did was learn how to use that vent. He just played with that vent That's for so hours, cool, man. man. Yeah, so like he is solid on a vent. Mm-hmm. But you know, you don't see that. You don't see, you know, your your officers going over their yeah. their weapons or their or their less than lethal. You know, going over um, fighting techniques. Or firemen, you know, going in and and playing with those tools that they don't use yeah. on a regular basis. Right. You know, um, same thing in EMS. You know, if you don't know the the medication you're that's that you could possibly use on the next run, yeah. if you don't know how to use it, you could kill somebody. Yeah. Um, or if you don't know the ventilator, you know that's you could that's huge. It's yeah. real big. You yeah. know, uh, because when it comes time. To, you know, to where it's just you and that ventilator. That's it. Right. And you've got like an hour and a half trip to to Louisville or Nashville. Yep. And just like that, the tourniquets, you can bleed to death in three minutes, yep. two, three minutes, five minutes, whatever, depending on where it's at. Yeah. Can you put it on under stress? You know, whenever we would work with uh, Aaron Stamper and, and Rick Puckett and B-Sog and all this and get yep. put through these high-stress situations and blindfolded or in a dark room and, yeah. you know, saying you got gloves on, can you get this gear out and can you do what you need to do under this extremely high stress? I mean, you train that way. Yeah. You know, um, the all the, like, the disco lights and the loud music yeah. and clearing rooms with all this stuff playing, yeah. you know, in fog. Yeah. Uh, basically, just you flood all your senses yeah. and basically – just learn learn the motions that you still have to use right yep. you know, under stress exactly 100 um, and i think something that goes along with this is uh the ability to uh to think outside the box or critical thinking on in stress stressful situations uh it, i know a lot of people don't consider that a tool but that is it's a tool you Absolutely have to have is, yeah. in these professions yeah you know not not every traffic stop is exactly the same you're not going to do the same thing on every right. every uh, 
you know, public encounter as an, as an officer, um, every run as a paramedic, every fire as a fireman, it's, they're never the same. So to, to think of having, uh, black and white answers for everything is just a, I don't know how to put it, but it's a foolish way to think. No, you're exactly right. People get so stuck up on policies and procedures and SOPs, and yeah. it's like it's got to be this way. And if it's not, I, I can't function outside that box. Yeah. you know, It blows my mind right. the people that just have to have a black and white answer. Yeah. And you, just, none of that exists. Yeah. Because I think whenever you start thinking outside the box and you start doing that critical thinking skills, it avoids you getting tunnel vision. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. You know, when I was a, um, a federal officer with the Bureau of Prisons, we went down through a training in uh, Glencoe, Georgia, and we were doing a combatives class. And I had had a lot of, you know, hand-to-hand combat training up until this point. Yeah. But the training that I had was more, um, I don't know how to really word it, more over the top, more like in the threat immediately it wasn't structured like pressure point control tactics take this person down cuff them things like that yeah they would put it through this training and every time it took me legit probably about 10 times to pass this one rotation because they would have somebody pop out of a crowd with a blade and attack one of our officers and i would run straight head forward towards this blade right to try to stop this guy and then i would get flanked by somebody else yeah you know and it was just like because through our training it was more one-on-one one-on-one yeah. one-on-one yeah. one-on-one you know what i'm saying but getting adapted over the situation of coming in from different areas is where, easy to get blindsided right and so i think that's the problem is like people think you know well policy you know 427-a says yeah when i have this rhythm that is printed out in this book and it looks exactly like this then i have to give this many milligrams of this medication exactly how it says and it's like well this rhythm don't really look like that one holy crap which one is it you know what i'm saying you gotta have that critical thinking skills under stress that's what's so hard to get you know without that exposure yeah just like things in paramedic class uh if you use it in a like a super critical patient sometimes you can kill your patient you know, like, uh, like with an uh, with an acidic patient, if you've got that whole your CO two should be thirty five to forty five, mm-hmm. but what if your patient's breathing thirty five times a minute and and their CO two is you know sixteen? Are you right. gonna try to address that? Yeah. If you do, it's, you're gonna change your pH and kill. Right. Yeah. You know, a quick kill, yeah. clean kill. Yeah. Um, and something I was just taught this year about you know we talk about VTAC. Um, if you give amiodarone, they've got a bifurcicular block clean kill yeah there's, you know, there's just, that's, that's in your acls yeah. protocol yeah there's a lot out there yeah and it, it's hard to swallow and it's hard to digest and yeah. it comes time with i think with training yeah you know and having a good training system where whether it's law enforcement whether it's ems fire whatever yeah. it is having a good training curriculum set up so your guys can get experience with support like you said in a few, few podcasts ago you were like <clears throat> excuse me you said I go along with my guys on these runs and these new guys to help them let them know, hey, you're you're doing this, but I got you. If you get yeah. stuck, I'm yeah. there for you. You know what I'm saying? That's what people need. Yeah. But what's in their toolbox has got to be accessed under stress. These teachers, they don't have anybody in that classroom training them, for example, for a mass casualty. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's yeah. going to train those people? And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to push that message out. Because if you're a teacher in a school system, and all of a sudden it goes off on the alarms, active shooter, active shooter, and everything falls dead silent because the active shooter went into 
you know, yeah. the front office and eliminated those people. And now he's on free roam through the school system. Yeah. What do they do? Let's talk about something that, that probably happens more often than, than active shooters. You know, I don't, I don't know if all teachers are taught CPR. I don't no. know if that's something they no. have to have or no. what, whatever. Um, no school system I've talked to requires, and I'm, there may be some out there, but the ones that I've talked to, no. There's a few that have it. Like maybe your PE instructors. Yeah. You know, so what like if that. what if that kid that you have in class has a you know a heart defect from yeah. birth yeah. and falls over in cardiac arrest in your yeah. in your classroom? Yep. You just gotta sit there and watch till the ambulance gets there. Yeah, you're on a field trip. Yeah, you're you're a bus driver again. You're driving down the road yeah. when the kids start screaming, "Hey, something's wrong with Johnny in the back." He's back there, you know. Yeah, and you know what? It, knowing where you're at geographically, yep. talking about that, you know, if something happens, you gotta know where you're at. And that's something that I, it's weird, but I guess being in a profession for so long, it's it makes sense to me. But like when I run down the road, especially like a long highway or parkway or interstate, right. like I'll mentally take notes on what I see or the oh, yeah. mile marker that I'm at. Yeah. Like shoot, if I not necessarily like if I have an accident, I'll be able to. But like, what if I roll up on one that's yeah. bad? I don't have a clue where I'm at. Right. But the last mile marker I seen was, mm-hmm. you know, so and so mile marker. Yeah. Um, same thing with we just experienced this last night uh, on duty um, a guy crashed his car was knocked unconscious and when he come to he called 911 he was trapped didn't know where he was oh, we dear. were all over Barron County looking for this guy oh, luckily we found him yeah but you know that's yeah were they, I, were they able to ping his phone yeah roughly you know like it was yeah um, so basically where his phone was pinging and where he kind of remembered the last thing he saw was pretty good ways away. Really? Yeah. So, wow. yeah. So, you know, not necessarily, like I said, if you have an accident, if you have a head injury, you know, it's probably difficult to yeah. remember things. It'd be just almost impossible yeah. to be able to give your exact location. But uh, somebody just driving down the road and find something. Yeah. You know, find a, a car off the side of the road with somebody unconscious in it or whatever. You got to yeah. know what to tell 911 when you call them. Yep. That's part of preparedness is knowing where you're at, knowing what you got. What, even when we're going to do a whole whole series on yep. setting up your vehicle, what you need in your vehicle for as emergency kits and supplies and things like that, yep. you know. But it's so important that no matter what profession you're in, period, you could just you could be um, a, a clerk in a bil- office building somewhere. But what's in your toolbox if something happened? Where's your defibrillator? Yeah. Where's your first, where's your first aid kit? Where's the things that you have? Where's your communication? How are you going to get communication yeah. to where you need to go? Yeah. You know, that is key. You know, so many people, we always say, oh, I'll wait for the first responders to get here. But we always say, you are the first responder. Yeah. You know, and to our first responders, quote unquote, what's in that toolbox? Yeah. Um, and look at what <clears throat> happened Christmas Day with the explosion. Oh you my know, gosh, we, man. We've been talking about ham radios forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and then get a box of uh, six of them sitting over there. <laughs> but, you know, so this explosion happened in Nashville, yeah. which is roughly 90 to 100 miles away from where I live. Yeah. And our cell phones were down. Yep. Because it happened right next to an AT&T store. I was in Lexington, Kentucky. To an AT&T, Mine like, switch station, basically is what it was. Um, and I had no... No cell phone service. Yeah. Um, For 24 hours. Yeah, roughly 24 hours. Um, But think about as an officer, as a paramedic or a fireman uh, in any of those areas, if you were a paramedic in Nashville or all the way up into Bowling Green, you had no 
no radio community or no cell phone communications. Right. Um, I've got FirstNet Cats, through AT and T too, and it was knocked out. Yeah. It was still knocked out. Uh, yeah. CAD systems were down at nine one one, so all the computer uh, mm-hmm. assisted you know documentation at at the nine one one centers they were all down and, right. and around that region. So nine one one call phones were down. You know there was um, news agencies in Nashville putting out secondary numbers to call to you All know right. if you needed to call an ambulance or a police officer or whatever yeah. um so i think something needs to be talked about we, we can talk about it on another podcast but uh like a pace plan yeah for communications yep. um i always have to look it up but primary alternate contingency and emergency so yep. basically you've got four methods of communication yep. our primary is cell phones right you know your um your alternate would be uh, Wi-Fi communications, right, yeah. um, and your emergency could be ham radios, right. uh, or whatever. Or your contingency could be ham radios. Emergency would be like a runner, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, if you if all that stuff was down. So basically, cell phones go down. We we go to our alternate. Yep. The alternate goes down. You know, basically step step down. Yeah. Um, but that's part of being prepared. Exactly. You know, as yeah. and these agencies that were in that region that were affected. Did they have a pace plan set up? Right. And yeah. we'll we'll have we'll have all of our ham stuff done and set up with the system here hopefully yeah. here next few weeks. You know? Yeah. But that is part of being prepared and, and having it. It makes your, you it makes you box. realize, you know what I'm saying, when you experience that again, exactly what we're talking about until you're there and you experience that it's like I can't communicate with my family. Yeah. I can't communicate with my team. You know, we're that vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? When, when you're happening. trying to prepare, you know, f- to be whether, you know, a prepper or whatever, quote unquote, prepper. Right. Your your imagination is is your best friend. You know, t- to think up a an explosion that would rock a region, you know, shut a region down. Right. Commun- you know, yep. communication wise. Yeah, I've had. It's, me- it's hard to imagine. It is. I've had people messaging me today, being like, "Yeah, you're right on this ham stuff." Like. Uh, <laughs> That day, bro, yeah. that's the first yeah. thing I thought of. Yeah. Like, oh, crap, I can't communicate we, with nobody. We got to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You need to. And it's not hard to get. So, do it, so. And not only know what's in your toolbox, but know what you need in your toolbox. Right. Yeah. And nobody's immune to it. I don't care what your job is, what yeah. your, even if it's just your home and your family. Yeah. How do you protect your home? How do you defend your home? How do you prepare to, to set your family up in that situation? Yeah. What's in your toolbox at home? Can you stop a bleed? Can you yeah. can you do CPR? Can you give basic first aid? What do you do if you have an allergic reaction that happens to somebody? Like, how do you communicate out if you don't have cell phone signals? How do you get yeah. help to your home? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we've never really thought about that. You know, what I'm saying like you're at your house, you're you're not tactical, tactical. You're not first responder. You're not EMS. You're not fire. You're not all the stuff. You're just an an average citizen working your daily job, and you come yeah. home and. A bomb goes off at the AT&T building. Communications are down. All of a sudden, you have an emergency in your house. Yeah. Or your kid's I, traveling yeah. during this, you know. How do I call 911 to come to my house? Yeah. I don't have a landline phone. <laughs> I've just got AT&T. Prime example that well, you, you are the stick first your head responder. out your door and scream? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you get them there? It's, it's like critical. You know what I'm saying? You have to know. You have to prepare for these situations. Yeah. So. And again, you you don't want to learn this stuff in the moment, right? 
And maybe a twisted T might be your tool. It might be in your toolbox. <laughs> Buddy. He, that dude. Oh, dude. If, if you all are listening to this. Out of, yeah, out of his toolbox. If you're listening to this or watching this and you have not seen this, please. It's on. It's all over YouTube. They got all kinds of like music remixes and stuff now. Uh, yeah, it is so funny. So this crackhead. That's exactly what it was, dude. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, he was this little... I don't know, a little crackhead dude comes up to this black guy, and he starts talking smack. He's talking to the cashier, I think, first. Starts talking smack to this black guy. Starts spitting out these racial slurs. And this, I'll give it to that black guy, dude. He was trying to stay calm and yeah. cool, and he just can't. He, he would sing. He'd grab his twisted tea, and he'd set it there. and He'd kind of put his head down, look back up, and that, then that guy turned on him and said something, dude. He's like, what are you going to do, smack me with it? <laughs> <laughs> smack me I'm gonna walk at you I'm gonna walk smack dude and all of a sudden you heard crack and dude he took that twisted tea upside his head and that dude went down <laughs> that is the funniest thing but that's what he had in his toolbox yeah man. and that's what he used he knew how to use it boy he did didn't he? <laughs> So anyway, we're not sponsored by Twisted Tea, but we could be. Yeah, I'd love to be. No, yeah. That's all you got to do is reach out. We, we, we had to put it here just so y'all got to watch that. It's a hilarious video. So that was in his toolbox, and he knew how to use it. Yeah, so basically just just be prepared. Know, you know, know what's in your toolbox. Know how to use it. Yeah. Prepare so you can respond. Somebody's life is going to depend on yeah. it. It could be yours. Exactly. That's it could what be we your family. Say. You become that first responder, you got to be able to respond under stress. No if fans but you're about it. And this will lead us to more podcasts, which we're going to do, and even videos that aren't really just audio podcasts, but we're going to show you, like we said, how to set up your vehicle. We're going to show you some different techniques and things to do so you can become more prepared and have what you need on your person. So, cool deal, man. Anything else? I'm, that's all on my rant. All right. Well, it was a good rant. It's a good podcast. Good. So, I like it. What's in your toolbox? Are you ready to use it? Yep. All right, guys. Check us out on the next podcast. We're going to keep this stuff going. If you uh, got any questions for us, you got any topics that you would like to have addressed or discussed or questions, just please uh, shout out to us and let us know. You can send us a message on our social media. You can uh, email YouTube us. YouTube comments. At, yeah, YouTube comments. We got um, info at 5stoneusa.com. It's an email you can send over to us. And uh, we're out there. And uh, we're getting engaged with you guys. We'd love to have your feedback and input yep. so we can get it going. Our podcast are on Apple. They're on um, Stitcher. They're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, yep. Amazon, all of them. And we try to put as many of these as we can on video so they're on YouTube. So if you want to sit back and watch them, you know, with your with your buddies, your family, whatever, you're welcome to do that too. So yep. anyway, thank you guys for your support, and we'll catch you on the next show. Got it? Yep. This has been a production of Five Stone. I'd like to thank you guys for taking the time to check out our podcast and videocast today. You can check us out online at fivestoneusa.com. That's the number five, fivestoneusa.com. We are also on all the social media platforms. Our podcasts are now live. Videocasts are on YouTube, and our audio podcasts are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, all the major podcast platforms. Thank you, guys. Again, we cannot thank you much for all your support and all that you do for us. Remember, prepare, respond, and serve, because someday you might be that first responder.